welcome to Big Sides. Uh, today we have on, I will let him introduce himself. Uh, go ahead, Yang. Uh, my name is uh, Yang Lor. Uh, I grew up in uh, Sacramento, uh, born in a refugee camp in Thailand. Uh, just finished my uh, PhD in sociology uh, from UC Berkeley, and I'm currently a professor. Okay. Um, since you got your PhD, what did you your study your PhD? So I, I study uh, sociology. Uh, you know, my area of concentration is uh, education. Mm -hmm. So I study uh, basically. Uh, my dissertation was on how do poor kids and rich kids apply to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I think. Uh, well, you know, in case the you know the audience don't know, we're cousins, right? But yeah, I remember you working on this for a long time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, we talked about this a long time ago, and you told me something that was pretty, pretty, you know, pretty dope about how like we are kind of shifting, right? Like, uh, we're, but you know, like, like when I took when I went into your class, I wasn't yeah. in your class, you know, I didn't take it, but I sat in, and you're right, right? Like Hmong people or you know Asian Americans, uh, especially Southeast Asian Americans, mm -hmm. they're not really opinionated when they're in class, right? It's yeah, like yeah. usually they're the quiet ones. Mm -hmm. And you know, in your study, which, you know, in your studies, mm -hmm. how did you come up with that idea? Like, Yeah, so you know, that, that's not necessarily, uh, you know, my idea, it's, uh, it's uh, research has shown over and over again yeah. that, you know, if you are a poor uh, a child, you often grow up in an environment where you are encouraged to voice your opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're middle class, your parents actually encourage you to reason, yeah. to negotiate, to compromise. Mm -hmm. Uh, because they have often the my financial needs means to give you choices. Okay, so what are you gonna eat for dinner? You know, so let's say for example, if I'm the parent and you're the child, we're middle class. We have options. Mm -hmm. We have choices. So I'm gonna give you choices, and you have to tell me and justify what do you want to eat. Mm -hmm. Okay, but if you're poor, you don't often have a lot of choices. And so, how are you gonna negotiate and compromise when there's only one choice? This is for dinner. You know, you can't have other choices. And so. I think part of it is that, you know, students from poor, working-class families, they have financial constraints uh, that make it difficult for them to even reason uh, or negotiate with their parents. And so as a result, when we go to college or even high school and teachers expect us to participate, we feel uncomfortable because we don't think we have an opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know what an opinion is. <laughs> yeah. We often think of the word as black and white. Mm -hmm. Either you're right or you're wrong. There's no gray area, uh, and I think that's something that, you know, as poor working class students, we often need to understand, and, you know, people in positions of power need to help us as well. Mm -hmm. Cultivate that skill, understand that our opinions are what we think about something. It's our perspective. It's unique. It doesn't have to be right or wrong. It's how we think about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I remember you telling me that, and I was like, yeah, that's fucking true. Like, <laughs> I'm an English major yeah, at the yeah. time, right? I was going mm -hmm. to school. I was reading the literature, but when we had class discussion, I didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. But then, like, when we wrote essays about that mm -hmm. specific mm -hmm. content, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm getting straight A's, yeah, but yeah. it's like conversation. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, my professor's like, how come you're not saying anything? Yeah, like, yeah. you write some pretty good co mm -hmm. concepts on, or you have some really good ideas on the, the, the book, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, um, I don't know, I just don't feel like talking, yeah. but the truth is, you know, I don't have opinions. I have opinions I don't want to express. You don't, voice it. You don't feel like it's value. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be validated. Yeah, yeah. Because perhaps you grew up in an environment where that wasn't encouraged. Mm -hmm. And and how important, like, the arts, right, in the Hmong community is really big. Mm -hmm. And it's all about, like, yeah. it's like <laughs> your own opinions of yeah. yourself, like your mm -hmm. expression, yeah. right? How do, you, how do you feel about mm -hmm. that, exp mm -hmm. exp you know, from your work? Yeah to understanding how 
arts itself is also captivating yeah, you know, I, this I, new generation. Mm -hmm. And I, I think part of it is how do we cultivate foster these skills? Mm -hmm. Like how do we foster curiosity? Mm -hmm. You know, I think oftentimes in the Hmong community, things are the way they are because they've, they've always been like that. Mm -hmm. You aren't supposed to question things. You aren't supposed to go outside the box. Mm -hmm. This is the boundaries. Uh, but we live in a society that encourages curiosity, creativity. Uh, and I think art is a way to kind of essentially go beyond those boundaries that are set by traditions, by culture, mm -hmm. to really explore meaning, uh, what it means to be Hmong, what it means to be Hmong America. And I, I, I definitely feel like uh, you know, art gives you that, I would say, that venue, that opportunity to experiment. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would, you know, whether it's art or some other activity, I think these are so important because to, you know, to live a meaningful life, you have to explore. And if we're just following tradition and following norms, then you know we're not living the life that you know that that is um, I would say unique to who we want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know I I've always wondered because as a creative, mm -hmm. we fall into that portion of is it Hmong enough? Yeah, yeah. Or is it mm -hmm. you know like even when I've been I, I was publishing my poems, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, who's your audience? Because yeah, yeah. it's not an American audience, mm -hmm. right? I'm like I'm not. It's, it's an expression of myself yeah. for my culture, mm -hmm. how I'm losing my identity. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're like, oh, it's not fit for our audience, mm -hmm. right? It's like you get yeah. that letter back from the editor, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's a great poem. You should shop it yeah. around, but yeah. don't, but it's just not fit for our, our it's because it's not, Hmong, it's too Hmong, right? Yeah. And yeah. It's their, easy, their way of saying mm -hmm. it's not American enough. Yeah, right? and I, I think, you know, part of the issue with that kind of feedback is that those people perhaps have a, spe a specific audience in mind that they want to, uh, you know, show work too, and maybe your work doesn't fit the audience. But, you know, if you are a, let's say, a mentor, mm -hmm. your job for those students is to help them develop that voice. Yeah. Don't worry about the audience yet. Mm -hmm. Help them develop that voice, and then, you know, once they re recognize who they are yeah, yeah. as a literary writer or an artist, then we can talk about what audience yeah. is useful for you because art is really about expressing who you are. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. necessarily expressing who you are to a particular audience, yeah, but yeah, yeah. figure out who you are, and then we can figure out what audience will enjoy what you have to say, whether yeah. it's you know, the immigrant community, the Hmong community, whether it's the folks of color community, yeah. let's say low-income community. There's so many communities out mm -hmm. there. And so, you know, whether you, know, you are in a position now where you can actually mentor yeah. younger generations, so yeah, help yeah. them develop that voice. Yeah, it's kind of crazy mm -hmm. that I'm actually no longer the young guy yeah. out of the group, <laughs> right? Are you saying I would lose? Like, I used to be the young guy out of the group, and now it's like, I'm actually much a little bit older. I'm not that old, but yeah. I'm a little, little bit older. And they're, the new generation, the new wave is actually much better off than I was yeah. because you know they have their parents are like like our, my older brother is in them, right? Like mm -hmm. like in their 40s and raising these kids. And the, they were growing in the 90s and the 80s where they were like into the arts. And so like when their kids are into the arts, they're actually supporting their kids, right? Mm -hmm. Compared to us, yeah. where it's like our mom and dad's like. Come and play football, yeah. Like, and I come home like I got hurt so bad, like I messed up, I mm -hmm. I, I messed up my shoulders, and uh, I dislocated it. And my dad was like, "Nah, taiko," and I like that yeah. kind of attitude, right? It's like, "Nah, taiko, just playing, come and make little law." And yeah. then it's just like, "I know, but can you take me to the hospital? Like, can you take me to the hospital?" And then like months later, I go yeah. back and play high yeah. school football again, yeah. right? It's like, mm -hmm. uh, we we do have that divide, you know. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I do want. Younger generation to know that it's okay if they deny you. Like, yeah. like that's the real world. Like, you're gonna send your publications. Like, you're gonna go to publication houses all over the country. I've gone to New York Times. Like, I'm gone, 
I, I mean, it's just emailing them, and you get a lot of feedback. Yeah. At the same time, you get a lot. Of, you're gonna get denied like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's it shouldn't mm -hmm. it shouldn't stop you if you really like it. I think I remember my my teacher, my professor at ARC was like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, mm -hmm. if you want to write for yourself and you want to keep it in your own book, mm -hmm. that's fine too. Yeah. Keep it to yourself. But if you feel like you want to have a voice and you want to get get better at it, and you know. Understand that people they don't they don't understand your voice. Yeah. It's up to you to find the voice that best fits you. Yeah, and I think that's a, such a great point about it's okay for rejections to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't mean that you're not. It doesn't mean you're not good enough. It yeah. means that might not be the outlet for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think too often we equate rejections with incompetence mm -hmm. because I submitted to one journal and they rejected me. Mm -hmm. That means I'm not good enough. Yeah, okay, yeah. maybe it's not a right fit. And you know, I you know, I teach a course about education, and we talk about how we expect schools to teach these skills, but schools yeah. don't teach these skills, these life's lessons about, yeah. you know, you're never going to get A's, and you're you're, not, you're never yeah. going to succeed in everything you do. Yeah. So what happens when you fail? Because basically, with school, if you go to school every day, you turn you turn in all the work, you're going to pass. Yeah. But in life, hard work doesn't necessarily lead to success yep. right away, or maybe even over the long run. And so you have to be resilient. But resilient is not something that just happens. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're born with resilience, yeah, okay? Yeah. It's something that we develop over time. We deal with rejection. So uh, you know, I encourage you know, parents to put them kids into sports. Yeah. Because even with sports, you can put all your effort into that game yeah. and end up losing. Yeah. Hard work doesn't determine success. Yeah. Hard work plus opportunity plus many other factors. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think you know, we need to go beyond education as the, as the only way we can teach life skills, you know, arts or, you know, sports activities. Yeah. These are important opportunities to teach our kids, like, valuable life skills for the rest of their life. Yeah, you know, I think Oprah has, some, has said something about that. Oprah said something about, um, uh, it's not about luck. She doesn't believe in luck, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she doesn't, it's not that she disagrees that it is luck. It is partial luck. Yeah, but yeah. she also believes that, you know, it's, if you're waiting for luck to happen, mm -hmm. That you'll never get to where you're at. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about being prepared mm -hmm. for the opportunity, yeah, not yeah. Uh, not not just specifically on the opportunity yeah. to be prepared to handle the opportunity mm -hmm. when it comes. Yeah. Because people have opportunities come to you all the time, mm -hmm. but if you don't know how to handle it, you may fumble it, right? Yeah, and you yeah. may mm -hmm. end up developing this wrong strategic way of approaching things when yeah. it's actually factual that it's it's your opportunity being wasted because yeah. you're not able to handle it. Right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I I think of luck as you know opportunity plus preparation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, and you know if you work hard, but the opportunity never comes up, then it, it doesn't mean you're you're not working hard enough. Mm -hmm. I think too often in life people evaluate each other based on the outcome. Yeah. Are you successful or not? Mm -hmm. And if you're successful, then they assume you worked hard. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you are not getting anywhere in life, then they assume you're not working hard enough. Mm -hmm. But hard work itself doesn't equal success. It's hard yeah, work yeah. plus opportunity. And think about it, if you are poor, you have less opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you might be the first person in your family to graduate from college. Mm -hmm. You don't have those networks to <laughs> give you those jobs yeah. because jobs are really about who you know as much as yeah. what you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, especially in today's society, when so many people are graduating and they can't find a job, mm -hmm. especially in the Hmong community, I think it's so important for us to you know, give them give this message out that it's not really about you. Yeah. We're in uh, a part of, uh, you know, in our society and our history where jobs are hard to come by. Mm -hmm. Jobs are easy to come by in the sense that we have a lot of gigs, jobs, you know, like, like Uber and Lyft, yeah, that. or, you know, uh, these jobs were, you know, they're jobs, but they're not careers. Yeah. 
And so I think you know it's it's important to help these today's college graduates understand that you're going to a job market where the jobs are plentiful, yeah. but they're not sustainable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I think that's you know, and the thing about like going because I went I, when I graduated, mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to do this for a living, but mm -hmm. of course you know everyone knows this is yeah. not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not really getting paid for this, mm -hmm. you know. But I in my field with my my English degree, mm -hmm. I couldn't find it out because I knew I didn't want to be a teacher. Like yeah, if yeah. I knew I wanted to be a teacher, I would have went into my master's program, mm -hmm. which I declined. Like yeah, I, yeah. I I I applied and I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I want to start building my own stories. Want to start developing my own books and my own films, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, I'd rather be a practitioner yeah, yeah. than a scholar. Mm -hmm. And I'm not done teaching because I know that you know, I'm, as I'm going, I'm gonna teach whoever mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with, and we're gonna learn from each other. I'm always gonna be learning. But I think the problem was like in like in the field, it was like, oh man, couldn't find a job. Mm -hmm. In my field, like yeah, yeah. I have it now as a publication, yeah. pub, uh, you know, like a specialist, mm -hmm. um, but. It it took me like a year and a half, and I was like, you know, I, I you know, coming out of high yeah. uh, college, nobody told me, yeah. bro, you gotta like let down your ego, man, yeah, like work your way up, work your way up, you know, like I had a talk with you, right? Yeah. I was like, yo, I gotta work my way up, and I was like, I'm gonna take this minimum wage ass fucking yeah. job, mm -hmm. but at least it's an office job, yeah. at least it's doing a little bit yeah. of experience of handling customers, yeah. and 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 it's a call center, but yeah. I have a degree, but I don't have the work. Yeah. And to prove that I'm worth anything, yeah. right? And it took me like a year and a half yeah. to be able to be like, someone like, oh, he has experience now. Yeah. Like, let me take a chance on him, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's just not ego, but our ego is fed by what's around us. You know, yeah. we, we human beings are, I feel like, inherently comparative. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're always thinking about how are people going to judge me if yeah. I graduate from college and have this job. I mean, I went through the same thing as well. You know, I got a PhD. Yeah. I've been trying to find a job until <laughs> recently, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's hard, it, it's deflating, it's discouraging because you went through, the, you know, so many years of school to come out and find out, you you know, these jobs aren't even fit for what you do. Yeah, and yeah. so, yeah. you know, it, it's, yeah, and I think the hardest part is recognizing it's really about who you are, your happiness. And so you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Regardless of how people look at you, life is, like they say, it's, it's a marathon, you know. Yeah. It's not how fast can you get a job, but it's like, what do you do? Over the, the long term, you yeah. know, I think we, we, we tend to judge people right, right based on kind of what the occupation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you graduate from uh, college, you don't have a job, then yeah. I don't value as much somebody that has a yeah, full time yeah. job or yeah, yeah. something like that. And or that's unfair. Yeah. And and vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. Like I hate people who are like, oh, you finished a college, mm -hmm. you 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 have higher status. But at the same time, it's like people don't understand success isn't based on your education. Like mm -hmm. I, I I look back at school and I go, I learned a lot of shit in college that was not was was useless, yeah, right? Yeah. Like they're teaching me to be a worker. I want to be a bot. I want to own my own product. Yeah, I want to yeah. like. I want to be an entrepreneur. And yeah. they're just teaching me to be a worker, yeah, yeah. right? And that was college level. Mm -hmm. And like like my brothers and them, they don't have a college degree, but they're really successful yeah. in their field yeah. in the sense of you know where they're working now. Yeah. They're ma they're managers now. Like that's successful yeah, to me, yeah. you know. Like I, and then you know I meet people who are like mm -hmm. professors and who, yeah, they're they're successful too, but. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's like you can't compare their success mm -hmm. because one occupation is rated, yeah. you know, or yeah. seen in society to be yeah. better than mm -hmm. the other. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's no, I think we tend to, uh, in this country, we tend to evaluate people too much on the occupation or how much money people make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we should look at, at people as a collective being, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, our, you know, if you're a father, like how, how much time are you spending with kids, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so we have to look at the whole being, the whole 
person, uh, you know, because you just can't judge somebody on how much money they make. They might be very stingy, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, you know, yeah. I, I think you got to look at the whole picture. Or maybe we need to stop judging people yeah. <laughs> after all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so uh, it, it's hard because I struggle with this as well. You know, how do I find the balance between, you know, people expect me with the PhD to, like some parents tell me, I, I need you to come and, and, and tell my son this and that. But I'm like, like I, I don't do that. Like, what I do is, you know, that's not my job, but my, my advice is listen to what they, yeah. listen to your children. Yeah. Too often is, like, how can we get our children to listen to us? Mm -hmm. If you start listening to them at a young age, eventually it'll be easy for yeah. you to get them to listen to you. Yeah. But if you don't give them that space, uh, validate their concerns, their interests, mm -hmm. how do you expect them once they are an adult to even listen to you in the first place? So, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like you just recently mm -hmm. became a father not mm -hmm. too long ago, right? Mm -hmm. So, so would you say that the way we were raised mm -hmm. will be a little bit different mm -hmm. than the way you raise yourself? Uh, mo yeah, most definitely, and I have to be intentional about it mm -hmm. because what we end up doing is we. We are very uh, habitual people. Mm -hmm. So how I raise my son depends in a large part be, because of the, the way my parents raised me. Uh, and so I have to be very intentional because when my kids act out, I think they're just acting out because they want to act out. Mm -hmm. But there's a reasoning behind why they're acting out. Mm -hmm. And my wife is a social worker, so she's been really helpful uh, in terms of uh, being patient with my kids, mm -hmm. telling me, oh, they're going through this developmental stage. Yeah. This is how you... Uh, get them to calm down, like going through breathing exercise, tell them to like do a deep breath. And I'm just like, these, these are things that, you know, if I'm not deliberate about how I raise my kids, mm -hmm. I end up doing the same thing my parents did to me, which is I don't feel like my opinions are validated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when they, my kids speak and they, they have things they want to say, I think it's just kids talk, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And so they end up thinking that they don't matter. Yeah. And so I have to be very intentional in, in, in terms of trying to cultivate, foster those uh, skills that we talked about, negotiation, yeah. reasoning. Uh, otherwise, I end up doing the same thing my parents did to me because that's all I've known. Mm -hmm. And so I think as parents or you know, as mentors, we have to be very uh, deliberate and intentional about how we do things because if we're not, then we end up reproducing mm -hmm. the life that we try to you know, run away from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, that, that is like... That's a that's a really good tip, not just for parents, but also like I said, tutors, mm -hmm. uncles. Like my nephew's like like kind of like that, right? It's like his whole life he didn't have an opinion. Now he's going to UC Davis and he's not really ready because mm -hmm. I'm telling him like I'm not teach, treat, treating you like a kid anymore. I'm treating you like I'm asking you questions yeah. now. Yeah. Like I'm not there to like tell you answers anymore, yeah. even though I want to. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you're not a kid, and when you go to college, you, no one's going to tell you anymore. you got to start a asking questions, yeah, and yeah. it's important to ask questions, yeah. to be wrong, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's okay to, to be opinionated. Yeah. You know, and he's not. He's really into himself, yeah. right? And I'm, I've always been trying to support, even when he was younger, like, he wants to go to video games yeah. or tournaments. I take him to go play Smash mm -hmm. Brothers and yeah. stuff, right? But at the same time, he's not, in the Hmong community, you will see that he's not, because he doesn't talk, he keeps them so he just wants to play video games all day. He's like a lot of Hmong kids yeah, these days, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. At the same time, and I'm just trying to like, it's kind of late yeah. to like develop his his mindset before college because yeah. it's only been like a year of me like, like asking questions like, yo man, like you owe now, you know, like what do you think about this? Like what's your opinion on this film? Like, you know, things like yeah. that, right? And 
and see what he says. And yeah. a lot of times you can hear him go, he closed himself in because he's afraid of giving you the wrong answer. So he just rather just not, he'd rather lie to you than yeah. give you the real answer, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah, he, yeah. Wants to get, he wants you to, he wants, he thinks that that's what you want to hear. And you're yeah. just like, that's not what you think, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I guess I want to take a step back because it seems like we're kind of bashing Hmong culture, but not necessarily. And I, I want to take a step back because I want to emphasize that, you know, in this country, being an extrovert, being opinionated, being assertive is, is value. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in Hmong culture, that's not. That's not. In, a, in a lot of society, it's not. In Chinese culture, they're, they're successful, yeah. but it's not value. Obedience is value. Mm -hmm. But we live in a society now where uh, assertiveness is something that's value. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, how do we cultivate these skills among our, 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 our kids, our Hmong kids, or other kids? Because if they don't feel comfortable asking questions, asking for help, networking, then they're at a disadvantage. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I think it's great that you're trying to help uh, your, your nephew out, but... It's not like a switch. I keep telling my students as well. You know, all your life you've been socialized to be obedient in school. Mm -hmm. And you come to my class, I expect you to be critical thinkers. Yeah. You, can't, you can't become a critical thinker overnight. Yeah. Because it's going to take multiple positive experiences in which somebody values your opinion mm -hmm. for you to feel comfortable and validated. Yeah, yeah. And so as much as you're trying to help your nephew, if he's not getting that validation from his professor, people in positions of power, then... He's not going to feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. So you have to do your part, but essentially those people who, you, who, he, uh, who he's interacting with, they got to provide a space for him yeah. to um, build those skills. Mm -hmm. If they expect him right away from the moment he entered the, the classroom to have these skills, he's not going to have it. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be at a disadvantage, and they're going to just interpret that as he, he, he's, he's disengaged. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not interested. Yeah. When it's just like he's engaged, just like you, where you don't, you don't speak in class, but you, you show yourself, you show your understanding through writing. Yeah. So we got to provide multiple avenues mm -hmm. for students to kind of express themselves, express their opinions. It can't just all be about, you got to speak up, you got to be assertive. Some people don't have that. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're kind of backtracking, recognizing that there are many ways to demonstrate learning. Mm -hmm. uh, we can't just expect people to, you know, uh, demonstrate that by yeah. talking or speaking up. Yeah, I think the I agree with you. The mm -hmm. the the thing about like what I want all my nieces and nephews to know, and and all the kids I come across is that it's not about just being assertive. You you can be who you are. That's who you are. Yeah, like yeah. that that may be something we can't change, mm -hmm. but something you can always learn is be a critical thinker. Yeah, yeah. Think for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's one. That's the number one thing I want my nephew to yeah. do. Like, doesn't matter if you go to college and. You're still the same. Just make sure that you understand to build your critical thinking, right? It's it's important, you know. It's like you can you have to be able to analyze situations and not and understand it's not always your fault, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Don't blame yourself. If you do blame yourself, figure out why mm -hmm. it's your fault. Then, mm -hmm. you know, then then learn from it. You know, like you can't it, like how how I am. Mm -hmm. It's it's I'm not a great critical thinker, but at the same time, when I'm wrong, I I. I agree that I'm wrong, right? And then I analyze, okay, why did I think that yeah, way? Yeah. Like, what forced me to take that approach yeah. instead of, like, being less assertive, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and create a different yeah. outcome of mm -hmm. that situation, yeah. whatever that situation yeah. may be. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've become, like, I'm not the same person I was when I was 19, even 21, right? Mm -hmm. It's because I've learned to, like, grow as a human being. Like, I've always, like, always been about about growing mm -hmm. so I've always been like okay if I was wrong mm -hmm. then I really look at it okay mm -hmm. 
okay, this is why I'm wrong. And of course, I'm stubborn. I'm not going to yeah, be wrong yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm a human being. Like I am stubborn. I don't yeah. agree with that, right? Like mm -hmm. for yourself, like how hard is it for you as a professor mm -hmm. to tell your kids it's okay to be wrong, mm. right? It's yeah. okay that you're, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. it's okay mm -hmm. to be wrong in your assessment of this <coughs> project. Or, yeah, yeah. You know. I, I, I've taught, let me see, about 13 courses as an instructor. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was uh, this class that I taught on, on education at the University of the Pacific was actually my first time. Mm -hmm. uh, because I need to, be, I need to be, be comfortable with my teaching as well before I become much more, I would say, vulnerable or, or authentic to my students. Because I think when you occupy these positions of power, you feel like people are trying to, like, they're trying to uh, evaluate you. Uh, they're trying to gauge you. Uh, they're looking for mistakes, uh, and so you you doubt yourself, and so you don't want to expose yourself too much. But mm -hmm. I think I've come to the point where I recognize I, I'm in a position of power. Mm -hmm. Like I stop doubting myself. Mm -hmm. I stop putting myself down. Mm -hmm. It makes me a better teacher because I'm not always second thinking myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I go kind of with the flow. I have a structure in, in the way I teach, but I go with the flow and. You know, I, I'm very kind of open with my students about, you know, learning and, and teaching and about making mistakes. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's also the students as well. Because mm -hmm. I teach intro to sociology and these students are not. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not engaged. Yeah. Engaged in the sense, you know, how we define engaged yeah. means talkative. Yeah. Because, or opinionated. Because yeah. they, they're freshmen. Yeah. They've been socialized to be obedient. But my upper division, sociology of ed class, these are students from Stockton. You know, they have opinions. They've been there for several years, and they're they're comfortable with speaking up. And so we actually have it's like a conversation mm -hmm. about learning, about school, about life in general. Mm -hmm. uh, and I tell them, you know, this, you know, don't base how well you do on your grade because an A might be might mean you are the most obedient student because mm -hmm. you did everything I asked of you. Yeah. And so really evaluate. How much of what you're learning today is applicable can be useful for you later on yeah, yeah. when you walk outside this classroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. It's, uh, you know, like what I would tell Hmong kids going to school is that I, I approach education much different mm -hmm. than other people. I went in at first trying to get good grades, yeah. and then I was like, shit, this shit is stupid, so I quit, yeah. right? And I went to work full-time for like a year or two. I was like, shit, I don't, I don't want to do this job. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to work mm -hmm. warehouse for the rest of my life, right? And I was like, you know what? Let me go to school this time and let me approach it differently. Like I, I'm not the smartest person. I don't have the greatest, like I don't have a great memory. Mm -hmm. But what I did was every class I took, I applied it to my life. If I took biology or if I took, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, nutrition, like mm -hmm. I, I would apply that because at the time I was playing football, right? And I was like, let me apply that to my body and see how my body feels, understanding what I'm eating yeah. and like, you know, things like that. Where like when I was taking, like I love taking sociology. Mm -hmm courses I love taking ethnic studies because I was like huh that let me apply that to my life let me yeah. apply apply that to my culture yeah, yeah. like how different and how mm -hmm. how similar are we yeah. as human beings yeah. and and like I I've adapted that and I had to do that to yeah. get a good grade in that because yeah, yeah. if I didn't do that and I had to read it and just study and memorize yeah. the you know like the for, uh, you know if I had to memorize all these texts yeah. I would have fucking failed yeah. it because I tried that in the beginning yeah. I yeah. failed it mm -hmm. but then I, I went in and I was you know what mm -hmm. What can I do? I can connect this yeah. dot with this dot, right? Mm -hmm. And and reflect on my own life. Yeah. And when the moment I can reflect on my own life, I understand that yeah. what 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 section that's a, yeah. what that section mm -hmm. is about, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's so critical because that that's like progress as a learner. Like mm -hmm. you, 
college should be really about learning who you are. And that's part of learning who you are. It's yeah. learning how do I learn in a way that makes me uh, passionate about it, yeah. that makes me want to work hard at it by making it relevant. Because that's something that you did consciously yeah. to make it so that you can pass these courses, yeah. that you're engaged. Uh, and, you know, I think for each of us, you know, people are going to give us different advice on, on how to go about, go about living our life. But it's really up to us to experiment with those ideas. Mm -hmm. These are merely ideas. They're not like a math equation where A plus B equals C, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay? Where you add, you know, these two pieces together and you're going you're gonna to be successful. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many factors that can impact your success. Yeah, yeah. And you as a person have to figure out, these are the different strategies that have been utilized. Mm -hmm. Let me figure out what works for me. And so for you, I, I, I think that's kind of a, a you know, I think a, a moment, okay? Yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I can't think of the word right now, but like a moment, uh, you know, where it, it just became... Clear to you that this is how you learn, yeah. and you adapted to it, and you became successful as a result. And yeah. I think a lot of students, they don't recognize that it's part of being successful in school and life is being adaptable, mm -hmm. recognizing what works for you, yeah. and then. But part of knowing what works for you, you gotta be open to strategizing. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. experimentation yeah, is so important. Yeah. So you know, for me, when I went to uh, college as undergrad at, at Stanford, you know, a lot of people would they do all nighters. Yeah, I yeah. tried it once, uh, yeah. and I did not do very well because you know, come on, we went to I went to Grand High School, Burbank High yeah, School, yeah, you know, yeah. two of the, you know, uh, lowest performing school in the area, yeah, yeah. and so other other students, you know, they come to Stanford, where they come from some of the best elite high schools in the country, yeah, yeah. so they can afford to write overnight, and mm -hmm. it's like perfect paper. Yeah, yeah. I tried that, and it worked for me. Yeah. So from that moment on, I would start right when they uh, gave me the prompt, like two weeks before. Yeah, yeah. I would start writing my paper because yeah. I recognize I'm not like them. Yeah. I can't be like them. And so, you know, I think sometimes we do this unconsciously. You recognize it doesn't work for you, so you try something else. And for me, that really worked. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think same as for you as well. You yeah. figure something that works for you, and I, yeah. I did the same thing for me. Yeah, I, I know. I think I tried that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It didn't work. Yeah. I realized, yeah, I mean, I am an English major, so mm -hmm. writing is much easier to me. Mm -hmm. But but when I I always have to print out my paper and then yeah. read it and then yeah, yeah. like edit it and then I will like yeah, yeah. turn it in right mm -hmm. I edit it retype it and then my final draft I will turn it in like I, I always have to print out all my paper yeah. like I wasted so much fucking money in college yeah. printing papers out yeah. right mm -hmm. like it would be like if it's due tomorrow I I would have written it like like yesterday right I didn't I wasn't like you like I was I was a procrastinator too <laughs> but I wrote it I make sure I write it like two days before because I need yeah. one day to just print it out, yeah. read it, mark the shit out of it, and then edit it, yeah. and add the edits, and then, you know, turn it in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, so going to, going back to the community, like, mm. have you ever seen the sh uh, the Netflix show, uh, Killer Mike's Netflix show? I think it's called, what is it called? Oh, it's called Trigger Warning. No, I haven't seen it. So Trigger Warning is like, so Mike, uh, Killer Mike is a, a rapper from Atlanta. Okay. All right, so he's, he's also a uh, entrepreneur. He's also a... Um, advocate he's also activist mm -hmm. and so that show is just him experimenting right so he there's like an episode where he's like experimenting on on gang culture yeah, yeah. and and he was like there's gang culture like there's like the the bikers uh, what, what are they called hell's angels yeah, right yeah. and 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 Al Capone and they're like mm -hmm. all these white gangs 
they're negative, but then they turned it into a positive like uh, image of themselves and turned it into a company. And so he made this uh, soda called Cripple Cola, right? And, and he made like a blood, like, he had these gangs from these Crip gangs and these blood gangs actually make a soda and, and try to build that brand, right? And it's, I think it's important because one thing that was important, he did an episode about trying to live black. So everything he bought, buy, drives, and it has to be made by black people. Black-owned businesses. Yeah, black-owned businesses, and it didn't work out. And he was in Atlanta. He's like, yeah. he's like in the Mecca, right? And he was like, so would you get that salt? And they're like, oh, shit, it's not made by a black person. He's like, I can't buy it, right? And he was like struggling throughout the day until you went to this garden. And he said something that was pretty interesting. He was like, it takes an Asian American coach, uh, Asian American communities. They can, if you buy something for a dollar, they'll keep that dollar circulated in their system for 20, like in their community mm -hmm. for 26 days. Mm -hmm. For black people, they will be able to keep that circulating in their system for only six hours, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, damn, what about Hmong people? Like if I lived yeah, like that yeah, yeah. over here, can I do it, mm -hmm. right? Can we, you know, that's something me and my team, we, we talk about, but how can we make this market, our market yeah. bigger? Yeah. Right? How can we be, make it sustainable so that, let's say, if you're, you're a, an artist or whatever, you want to come into our space, yeah, yeah. like this market space, yeah. can you, how can we su make that support in you? And at the same time, it's like, it's like what he did. It's like, do we have supportive Hmong businesses around here yeah. to really help us yeah. be sustainable? Yeah. Like, are we using other people's you know, resources? Yeah. And uh, we don't have a real market yeah. system. Yeah, and I, that, that brings up a good point about, you know, we often talk about education. Mm -hmm. I mean, education is important because, you know, if you, people understand what education is for, they can make the best yeah. use of education. It's really about the process of self-discovery. Mm -hmm. But too often people just see it as credential, just get the yeah, grade, yeah, get the degree. Yeah. But, you know, success is really about using that degree for something else. Mm -hmm. Is it to open up a business or to get involved in politics? You know, but, you know, in the Hmong culture, we have clans, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so my clan, I, people focus on, on education. And I tell them, the only way we're able to advance forward and become much more collective is through politics and business entrepreneurship. Yeah. Because politics requires the community to come together. Business, same thing. You need to support the business to thrive. Yeah. But education is really individualistic, mm -hmm. okay? People can just go in and get the education and be successful. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, you bring up a good point about, you know, the, the importance of business, yeah, yeah. but also politics as well, because businesses uh, oftentimes don't become successful unless they get support from governments. Mm -hmm. okay? And I, I think, you know, people like us who aren't aware of how businesses come about, we think that you got to have all the money necessary yeah, yeah, yeah. to start a business. But politics plays such a big role. And yeah, so yeah. we're not involved in politics. We can't get our businesses started. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like... Like I am a creative who's who's also living who also used to live in the clouds. Like I just mm -hmm. want to create for a living. I just want to write yeah. for a living. Yeah. It's like not that's how it works, man. Mm -hmm. Like you have to understand the system. Mm -hmm. You have to understand the market. You have yeah. to understand branding. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that there's politics that's involved. Yeah. Like you can't just be like I'm a one man show mm -hmm. unless you're unless you're like Michelangelo or you're like a fucking like you know just you're just fucking talented, right? You're Robert Frost. You're just yeah. super talented yeah. that they have to command to you. And really, I'm not like talented yeah. or genius like yeah. that. So, you know, I have to learn these other systems that yeah. are supporting yeah. my system. Like in Sacramento, yeah. we were just talking to the chief of staff, right? Mm -hmm. And she was like, Sacramento wants to support the creative 
arts. Mm -hmm. Like, and they want to build a community here. And I'm like, this is like the perfect time for Sacramento to grow if yeah. you're an artist here, yeah. right? And yeah. I think you understand that, like, like in even like my clan, we focus on shipa. Don't watch your baby to shipa. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, right? But yeah. we don't focus on education. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. Yeah, I mean the part of the problem is our, our clan structure has been very good with uh, just community assistance. When it comes to let's say you know funerals yeah. or marriages, the cultural activities. Mm -hmm. The next step is how do we utilize these networks, these ties, yeah. to advance our community into the mainstream community, mm -hmm. <coughs> politics, business. Yeah, yeah. That's the next step. Yeah, and <coughs> what's, cool about, what's cool about uh, that is that actually you know we have this really unique dynamic of like. We have this community uh, mindset. Okay, mm try to pack But it's also, you know, it's also bad too. Yeah, it's pros and cons too. Yeah. yeah, people use it too. <laughs> but the, the, the pros of it is actually if, if you are someone a learning that there and you really are motivated, yeah. you do have a really com big community that supports you. Like, yeah, yeah. Our language isn't really big in the world. Like, uh -huh. yeah. people don't understand that stuff. Mm -hmm. But yet, we're getting millions of views oh. of just Hmong mm -hmm. songs, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember I showed my uh, my friend, uh, uh, his, he's black, right? So mm -hmm. he's a rapper. And, and he was like, damn, y'all got like millions of views? <laughs> you know, like, and I don't understand what you're doing. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And it's also like, yeah, man, like we have a really supportive community. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we're not even talking about K pop, right? Yeah, K pop yeah. is like on its own spectrum <laughs> of like big. And, yeah. But yeah, mm -hmm. and Beko language may well not, yeah. and we can still generate so yeah. much support yeah. and views. Yeah. You know? Yes. I mean, it's a tight knit community. I think the question is uh, like I said, you know, how do we utilize these networks, these ties to take it to the next level? To, you know, engage and be successful in the industries in this country. Yeah, yeah. Culturally, it's, it, it's great. You know, uh, and I see that happen in my own clan as well. Well, no, how are? People do, huh? Mm -hmm. Like a graduation party or a banquet. Yeah. People hardly show up. Yeah. These are you know more more <laughs> yeah. important for the future yeah. success than Kyo know how. Yeah, yeah. But because people are so used to Kyo know how they are much more more likely to come yeah. out of this event. Yeah. 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 Like they're used to it. Uh-huh. Like, okay, there's something new. It's too high class for us, too different. And I think that's part of it. It's just that you know, we, we're used to kind of traditions, to habits. Mm -hmm. uh, but, we, you know, it, it takes several people to be okay to experiment, to mm -hmm. be okay with change. Like, we're not, we don't have that threshold yet. Mm -hmm. We need to hit a threshold of people willing to go beyond the community of experimentation, yeah. role models to show that I'm successful beyond the Hmong community. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, and I think once we get to that level, then uh, we'll, we'll be fine. Because I, I see that in Minnesota. Minnesota people, I, I like to think of them as, you know, you talk to them, they talk very American. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by very American? I would say very white American. Mm -hmm. Very, um, uh, and, and what's the word? Uh, very entitled. Yeah. Which is good because politics mean you, you have a voice. Yeah. You have a vote. You should, the government should be listening to you. Yeah. So I've done research about my own political involvement. When I talk to people in Minnesota, I sense this kind of... Uh, a sense of entitlement, and, and that's how I think most, most citizens should think about yeah. people. You like work for you. Yeah. You have the same right as other people to run for office, mm -hmm. and we don't have that level of thinking down here in California yet. Yeah. We're still timid. We're still intimidated because these are people in positions of power. No, you have the power to vote for them. They are responsible to you. Yeah. 
So I, I definitely see this level of thinking uh, in Minnesota, and I think that's probably why they're, most, they're, they're very successful is that they assert their rights. Mm -hmm. They have these rights. We have rights down here as well. Yeah. We don't assert it because we don't know we have these rights or we don't know how it works. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's that the next level is, you know. How would you teach that? I, I think uh, just exposure to government. Uh, I think Donald Trump did a great job of exposing <laughs> yeah, yeah. how kind of ridiculous some of these politicians are. Yeah, I agree. Because after his election, a lot of people got elected. In Minnesota, like you have four or five more people get elected because they recognize, damn, like all these white people are running for office based on these credentials, but they are incompetent. Yeah. I have, I am, I'm probably more competent than they are, so I'm going to run. And you don't know if you don't try. Yeah. We keep talking about experimentation. They tried, and they're successful. Yeah, it's like that, uh, <laughs> what was it, uh, Alexandra Cortez mm -hmm. in New York, right? Yeah. It's like she ran against a dude that doesn't even live in the district, yeah. right? Doesn't even live in yeah. New York. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how the fuck has he been? Yeah. He's been in yeah. office, yeah. Mm -hmm. and he doesn't even live in that neighborhood, yeah. right? Like, he doesn't even live in that district. And how has he been running yeah. and winning for years? And, and I mean... I'm not a fan of Donald Trump, but I do respect. I do. I do. I not respect, but I, I'm happy that he's in office because he is showing a lot of, you know, bad politicians, and he's showing a lot of like bad things about community in, in America. America's not clean like you think it is. There's the racism in America. We experienced it growing up as kids, right? Yeah. Uh, there's racism among ethnic groups and minorities already too, and it's not being exposed because for a long time it was being like brushed and it was like oh we have this perfect image oh dang obama made office and it's like oh we're gonna like go into this era of you know minorities becoming a face of the you know like in sports the face of the franchise right but it's not true you know it's like no there's still a big underlay layer that you guys are trying to cover up and it's building and then right when he won it was like fuck it popped out and it was perfect you know i like it i like that it popped out because I didn't see a lot of that shit happening, yeah. but at the same time, I'm blessed to be in, in Sacramento. It's really diverse there. But right when I get out of California, you're like, oh, you see the difference, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's how power, uh, you know, I think that's how power reproduces itself or how power maintains the status quo is by essentially telling people that they're not competent, they're not experienced enough, they're too young. They're not wealthy enough to run for, for political office. But Donald Trump, what he did was he exposed all these lies. Mm -hmm. Like, how, do, how can this man who has no political experience become president? So now everyone feels like they can run for this political office. And, and, and this is, I think this is good in the sense that minorities who have been, you know, very, uh, you know, very experienced, very competent now feel like they can run. Mm -hmm. So it's not like everyone feels like they can run. Yeah. But it's like all these people who think like it's, it's not their time yet. I feel like wow, it is my time. There, yeah. there is no right time. The time is is, yeah. is now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think this is good. Um, but you know, I think it's important to also recognize that you know we, you know, people just can't run for political for political office without any experience in public service. Yeah. I think experience in public service is, is so critical for becoming a good leader. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't have any public experience, then it, it's it's you know. Uh, it, it, it's hard for you to, yeah. to govern. You don't govern people like a business. Yeah. That's that's not how you do. And so yeah. Trump is finding that out that you know you can't govern <laughs> like that. Yeah. He, yeah. He's not a people person. He's not really. I wouldn't say he was like mm -hmm. he's a great leader. Yeah. He's just a great investor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't think that's 
Uh, well, he has a lot of, uh, you know, he, people like Trump, you know, they, they, they got to where they are because of, you know, their parents or, you know, people giving them the opportunity, giving the leg up, you know, people, yeah. you know, they engage in these, you know, probably criminal activities to get yeah. to where they are. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, and so we have to recognize that. And the people see Donald Trump as a successful businessman. They think, oh, wow, he's going to, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but Trump. You know, I, I, I think that's part of the problem with, with this country is that we, everyone thinks they can become a millionaire. So yeah. they don't want to hate on the millionaires. We don't want no millionaires tax. I could be a millionaire one day. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. But that's a myth, you know. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> that's funny because, you know, like someone like Gary Vee says, my friend only makes like 50000 a year. He's one of my close friends. Yeah. And he doesn't want to make like millions like <coughs> I do. He doesn't want to own the Jets. But he's fucking super fucking happy. Mm. He goes home. He leaves work. He doesn't mm -hmm. have to worry about his job. Mm -hmm. He makes enough for his family, like, and you know he affords it, and mm -hmm. he can spend time with his family. Yeah, he fucking loves it, right? Yeah. And he used to be a CEO. I used to want to be partners mm -hmm. with him. And he quit all that just yeah. to make like fifty to sixty-five yeah. a year, yeah. and he's just fucking enjoying life. And yeah, you know, like that's what I want Hmong people to understand mm -hmm. too is that you you don't have to wait for us mm -hmm. who wants to build a media company mm -hmm. who. Or uh, someone like my who's running for office, mm -hmm. or you don't need to wait for us. Mm -hmm. Like understand who you are. Like yeah. just because Donald Trump is in office, mm -hmm. his his ass ain't affecting <coughs> me mm -hmm. on a deep level. Mm -hmm. He's he's yeah he's affecting my yeah. policy. Yeah. Some policies that affects mm -hmm. me, of course. But then at the same time, if you're just worried about someone affecting you, then mm -hmm. you're not adapting to yeah. their effectiveness yeah. on mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. You have to like move on past mm -hmm. that. And, like, okay. Mm -hmm. If it's not working, then I gotta go on to the next yeah. thing that works for myself. Yeah, like, yeah. know who I am. Yeah, and I, I think that's something I struggle with as well. Like, how how do we make sense among people? Uh, because you know, you you could say that a lot of a lot of people in our community are content with what they have, yeah. because they don't know any better, because mm -hmm. uh, that's all they they've known. Mm -hmm. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. You, you know, you don't need to know a lot because you know a lot. You might be stressed out. Yeah. You know, but you know, and so you know, how do we kind of, uh, you know, how do we take that and also. Mm -hmm. And how do we balance that out with the fact that, you know, what the life they have now could be better mm -hmm. if, you know, if they see the, the world from a broader perspective. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I keep thinking about that. And so you just brought up your friend there. And I, I, I think the way to live a, a, a happy life is to really explore. Because ignorance means you don't know any better. Mm -hmm. So you, you just are content with what you have. You don't know how good life could be. So I'm like, okay, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that people are content because they don't know what's out there. Mm -hmm. They don't follow the news. They're just in their own world, mm -hmm. okay? But I don't think that's the sort of happiness we want, the contentment we want. Yeah. I think the happiness we want is you've explored the world. Mm -hmm. You've gone outside your neighborhood, your city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the chance to really explore what life has to offer. Mm -hmm. And then you come back to, life and you've, to that life you live and you, you're content with that. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't experienced anything beyond that lifestyle, I don't think that's happiness because you don't know any better. Yeah. So I, I think, well, I, I agree that some people are content with the life they have. I, I don't think that's sort of the contentment we want. We want people to be able to have yeah. the means to mm -hmm. kind of travel, explore different culture, different cuisines, yeah. and then settle on something yeah. versus this is all I know, and this, so this is good for me. Yeah, it's like saying, this is, all, this is how it is, and this is how it's always going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah. That's not true. Like, yeah. uh, get out of your uh, comfort zone yeah. mm -hmm. and, and explore. Yeah, try and, it out there. If you don't like it, you come back to this. This is perfectly yeah, fine. And then you're like, but okay. if you never try it, then yeah. don't say this is the perfect life. Yeah. This is good life. Ignorance yeah. is bliss. Yeah, I agree. That's a perfect time to uh, 
end the podcast. Yeah, it's yeah. been like 45 minutes. Yeah, but right. uh, do you have anything to say? Uh, any like thing you want to say or put any plugs? Like if you have any business. Yeah, I, I just want to put a plug for I think May is uh, mental health awareness. And a lot of things we talk about relates to, to mental health awareness. Um, so, you know, I, I really encourage people to, you know, we, we talk about mental health therapy and uh, I, I just tell people about, you know, when we, you know, we pay people to fix our car. Yeah, yeah. We pay uh, trainers at the gym. Yeah, yeah. We pay doctors. Like your brain is the most important part. Okay. Yeah. If you're not feeling well, if you're not, if you're feeling uh, anxious, if you're feeling depressed, okay, utilize the resources you have to see a therapy. They yeah. they can make a difference. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes our, our anxiety or depression prevents us from being the best that we can for our children, for our family, our community. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, so I just want to put that plug out there yeah, yeah. to encourage people to, you know, take it seriously and seek out help uh, so that we can be the best for people around us and also reach our full potential yeah. rather than let these anxieties prevent us from trying things, experimenting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. That's great. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm -hmm. I think people have this stigma about therapists. Oh, mm -hmm. something has to go wrong yeah. before you need a therapist. Yeah. need a therapist. Yeah. When shit goes wrong and you need a therapist, it's yeah. too late. Yeah, like uh, oftentimes in the Hmong culture, we uh, have like, uh -huh. I'm like, I'm beyond that already. I'm like, no need for the good thing. Find professional help. <laughs> so like, if you need professional, just seek professional help. Yeah, there's yeah. marriage for, for, there's, for marriage divorce, yeah. for grief. Yeah. There's therapy for that. Get that help. You don't need to go seek out like the elders yeah. because they might be elder, but they don't have not accumulated yeah. that experience. And so, yeah. plus, they might be basing their advice on one experience, yeah. whereas therapy, it's like, you know, yeah. these are professionals. They study, like, patterns. Yeah, so. and, and it's better because, like, you don't get no uh, drama. Yeah, no judgment. People don't, like, talk shit about you. Yeah, no people, gossip. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. gossip. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's their job not to yeah. talk about it. Yeah, it's confidential. <laughs> and so people, uh, I, I think the more people know about therapy, mm -hmm. uh, I think the better it is for our society. Uh, you know, we have therapy in Hmong culture through kind of the clan, but yeah. that, that's, that, it's a new society. We, we have to kind of take advantage of the resources in this, this society. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Yank, for yeah. getting on our show. Yeah. And, well, that's a wrap, guys. Mm -hmm.